Welcome to the Backwater Bastards. Join Nelvin, the strange and mysterious space pirate who floats from job to job and loves to celebrate a good birthday. Dr. Z, a telekinetic jellyfish who operates a strange jelly-like honey boy body. And Cleo DeCap, an ursine with a human soul trapped inside that loves to make a good old-fashioned boom. These three bastards from the backwater edges of space are joining us once more for another tale with the Replicant. Now join me with my bad, fake, DM Dick Dynamite accent with The Dead Song, Part 1. Welcome, everyone, to a lovely episode of The Backwater Bastards, featuring me, Lucas, from Battle of the Seven Dice, in space! In space! Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for, for joining me once more on the these lovely, totally normal space adventures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you totally. for joining us once more. <laughs> Dude, thanks so much. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm enjoying ri- reveling in the opportunity to play. I can, um, you know, I can, I can drink <laughs> beer much more freely. I can. Uh... <laughs> you don't have to look through all your notes and wonder if they're like, oh, did I get the continuity wrong? And yeah, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. You're a player now. <laughs> I put on a clean shirt today. There you go. <laughs> Although actually, I, I somehow managed to screw up the continuity as a player anyway, because Nelvin had three arms at one point, and then he showed up again with four arms. He just so. got another one. Like if you got one arm installed, you can get another one installed. Like ah, this is true. Yeah, never it doesn't enough. really break continuity, but it was an error on my part. Never enough arms. <laughs> it was never addressed. They're screw on. Yeah. Clip. Well, not not anymore. They're not. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I guess I guess we don't really need to introduce ourselves. Because everybody knows who all you are, but uh, at least I am Lucas. I am the DM of Battle of the Seven Dice, and I am coming in here to bring you another story of the Replicant. Yes, yes. <laughs> we start off with all of you sailing through space. Dr. Z and Cleo, you're sitting in one of the the main seating areas of the Grey Dragon, just kind of like a a place where you can relax and and just hang out. You had one hell of a party once more again last night. And do you remember Harry was doing like, (laughs) people were doing body shots off Harry. Like it was going crazy you don't even <laughs> Ew. yeah you can <laughs> it was... get a little bit of that glitter that's right get a little <laughs> like bit he, of that yeah. hairy yeah he likes wearing glitter that's <laughs> a fact <laughs> at one point though in the night that's called a garnish <laughs> you lost harry and you figured oh, oh, harry probably made it back to the ship and you were all too a little too inebriated to uh, go look for him so you figured mm. he's smart he's with the empire like he knows what he's doing. He usually says really big words. So 
he's got this. Yeah. So you stumbled back to the ship, and uh, you figured Harry was on there, and you let Reese take you away. So on the Grey Dragon, you are just <laughs> hanging out on the couch. You're having the those like a uh, you know the next day meal, which usually consists of a lot of the junk that you ate the night before, and you're just still eating it. Oh yeah. A lot of salt. Yeah, <laughs> you have like you're, you're dipping that that good good mayo into your bowl, and you hear the toilet flush once more. And Nelvin, it is it is deja vu. You're stepping out of there. You had one hell of a night. You're pretty sure you did a, a body shot of some weird old guy, and you're, you're stepping out of the washroom. You're like, oh my god, what a what a night! And you're looking right at. A jellyfish inside of electronic jelly, aka the honey boy, and a large <laughs> armored bear as they're just staring at, back at you. The classic. Darn it! How the hell has this happened again? Yes, but did you uh, did you did you flush? Oh, oh. Did you uh, make sure that you heard the click sound as you pushed that button? It has been a uh, well, it's, it's taken some wear and tear. I don't know. Ah, uh, wear and tear. <laughs> Wear and bear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mug idea, t-shirt idea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy load, if you know what I mean. It's a little sign for the washroom. Oh no, it's getting worse. <laughs> well, just where have you people taken me this time? <laughs> well, I'll be a terrapin's uncle. Yes. Nelly's back. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm not sure where we're taking you. I was actually just um, waking up myself. Reese, Reese, are you there? Uh, I I could do a really bad Reese impression if you want. Yeah, the, you. I, I think you, 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 yeah, you're the one with the info. So, uh. all right, <laughs> let's see if I can get into. Uh, all right, I'm panicky. Uh, I'm a, a little worried that the <laughs> bastards are once again gonna destroy me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we might. Bastards. <laughs> What 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 is it, Doctor Z? Where are we, Reese? And good morning. We're we're flying into Wraith space, just as you asked me the night before. Ah uh, yes, just as just as I asked. Excellent. Thank you, Reese. You well, you slurred. I what? You you slurred it to me the night before. I should say, <laughs> but you, you were very insistent on entering into Wraith space. Yes, well, I. Doctor Z ain't he ain't never wrong. I, 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 um, well, He knew what he you. meant. He knew what he meant. Thank you, Cleo, yes. Yes, we'll fit, we'll, yes. Yeah. Makes sense. It's one of the few places you people don't seem to have a price on your head. Well. I tore down a few posters for you, Cleo. Oh, Nelly, ha! <laughs> and, and what about, what about me, Nelly? Did you, did you tear down some posters for me, Nelly? There were too many yeah, prob- posters to prob- use. Probably. Too many posters to use, you know that. They just well, pave them up. Wallpaper. I just hope they got my good side. Those pictures, ah, they're always the worst. Do they have to show you it? They're gonna stick them up everywhere. You may as well look your best, but, uh, well. Well, I wouldn't know nothing about that. Um, do you want to see the message you were sent last night again? We were sent messages last night? Yes, you viewed them. Right, yes, well, um, yes, let's watch them again for, um, for Nelly's sake. One of the panels on the wall, it's, uh, you know, more for safety's sake, because there's a large armored bear walking around here. 
uh, it flips around, revealing the TV. That's how you keep it safe, is you just flip the panel. And so it flips around, and this, this uh, screen pops on. And it's this beautiful BioLife head. And you see, like, the sun is rising over this, this lush green field. There's a family playing. They're, they're laughing and throwing a ball back and forth. And it goes, here at BioLife, we care about the family. We care about the working person. We care about you. At BioLife, we don't just use bastards. We try to... I need you to meet me. I knew this was going to happen, and I was so hoping that it <laughs> How did you know it was going to happen, Tig? <laughs> I fucking... You see the, the father, he like he turns towards the screen, and his husband comes over and like has his arm around him, and they're laughing, and one of them, his uh, head starts like twitching and moving rapidly, and he looks over at the screen, and there's like eight eyes that are on his face, and they say, I have input the coordinates into this message. Please bring your ship, it is of dire importance. And the head twitches and flicks, and you see as this beautiful lush green field is suddenly, it looks like the whole area has been polluted. There are large factories in the background. The animals that were just in the background grazing and the birds flying, now it's just skeletons everywhere. And this family's still staring, smiling, each of them having eight eyes, the children standing having eight Fucking eyes. Hell. And the couple, they're all uh, standing, smiling, <laughs> and you just hear in this distorted voice, Biolife, because we care. Oh, and then ah. it it flicks off, <laughs> and you so see excited. right at the bottom of this this message, you see their coordinates. Well, I have to say, advertising has uh, ramped up lately. I mean, well, I mean, what do you think it costs to place an advert like that out on the uh, space waves these days? Would you like me to look it up? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? We could look that up. Right, place your bets. How much do you think it costs to make that ad? One moment, please. Oh, that was ridiculous. While you're doing this, Cleo's gonna pull something out of her armor, and it's kind of smashed and dirty, but it's a clown horn. <laughs> that she's been saving. She's gonna wipe it off on herself and be like, It's time. <laughs> Didn't you give that clown horn at the very end? No, this was one I made, Lucas. Okay. I gotcha. Another. You're you're holding this this clown horn and Reese's voice pops back on. 845,000 credits. Right, well, that's uh that's a lot. All right, so let's uh let's take these um coordinates in. Yes, uh put them up. Reese uploading coordinates now. You uploaded them last night. Oh, of course I did, yes. Uh, re-uploading then. Uh, okay. <laughs> you see, Nelly, that... You see that? That's a, that's called the scientific... Uh, method. Dr. Yes. Zeno, he'd do everything double. That's how you know. That's how you know. Yes, and sometimes we have to call you multiple times as well, but uh, that's just... Uh... Well, that's just because we are being real. <laughs> you know, I mean... Thorough. Yeah, that. Yeah, I have noticed your thoroughness. Yes, well, right. some people pay extra for that. Yes, we would hate for you to miss out on hearing us call you, so we make sure that you find out. For science. Yes, science. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Does Cleo 
knock you over or go straight through the honey. Oh, it probably just like puts the hand <laughs> in the honey. <laughs> just like pulls me back with it. Like, whoa. Creates a sort of like a rippling, rippling effect. <laughs> it's the perfect it's so wave good. you've ever seen, though. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. So the, the screen changes from the BioLife ad message to a map that's showing... Uh, basically plotting your course. And Reese has been sure to avoid certain checkpoints because, well, you don't have a great reputation. And as you're you're looping around these checkpoints, you see that you're very close to the destination. You see that you'll probably be there in just a few minutes. Well, looks like I'm here for this one then. Let's see what our old compadre wants. Yes, well, how did you get here anyway, there was a long line for the bathroom. Ah, and so what, you've just been in there the entire time? Well, there was a long line for your bathroom as well. <laughs> You're a mis- mysterious one, Nelly. <laughs> you see that there is a door. There are claw marks, blaster marks all around it. Like somebody's trying to, there are people who've like tried to hack at it with axes and energy blades. And the door, like, finally creaks open, and you see Harry is passed out on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the bathroom no one was able to get into all night. (laughs) Oh, no, is he dead? Is he dead? (laughs) Doctor, say poke him. I think it's best that we leave him, uh, him be. I'll just place this water next to him. There you go. You hear uh, a few <laughs> grumbles about uh, the Empire and, and Glory as he, he just, like, rolls over. Yes, yes, that's, that's right, Harry. Glory to the, the um, Empire. <laughs> right, well. <laughs> you stay safe there on your throne. Yes, um, position his leg, make sure he doesn't uh, throw up on himself. And, <laughs> you know, put him in the emergency drunk sleeping position. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, clear. We have never been that drunk. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that hasn't happened recently, uh, <laughs> or anything. No, but we, we we tend to skip that stage and just go straight to you know ER. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've never had to be rearranged like that because we pass out horizontally <laughs> first. <laughs> We pass out when everyone passes out, so there's no one to help. <laughs> Listen, we've all passed out on the toilet before. It happens. <laughs> oh, I would love to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. You know what? Tonight's the night. <laughs> Saturday. You see the the screen that shifts uh, that shifted to the map, then shifts to the front view of the ship. As Reese uh, proclaims, we've arrived at the rendezvous point. And you look, and sailing through space, you see this asteroid. It's quite large. It's floating very lazily. And you can see, like, as it's slowly making a rotation, there is a little building on top of there. And as you get closer to the asteroid, you can see that the sensors are picking up that there is actually an artificial gravity field that's enabled around this asteroid, allowing you to land. Excellent. Well, uh, that looks like the uh, location. I guess um, 
Well, I'd say strap in, but I think like we're all a bit loosey goosey, jelly like, and <laughs> we could probably do this free fall, freestanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, let's take her in, Reese. Very well. You see, flying towards this this small building now that it's coming more into view, it has the appearance of a roadside diner. This neon sign is flickering on it, saying Griselda's one-stop grub hut. And you can see Griselda. through a few windows that there are some patrons inside as your your ship is landing. You see there are a few other ships around this area. I'm so happy. <laughs> you see there are some people that are like standing outside the diner. Maybe they're they're having one of those e-cigarette moments, uh, trying to look cool. But it looks like there's even like a an environmental field that's been put around here allowing people to breathe. And a lot of the people that are wandering back to their ships or standing outside the building are not the usual Terrans, Wraiths, or Synths that you're used to. These people, they, some of them look quite large, uh, like hulking forms walking on their knuckles. Some of them are more like, they have a lot more eyes and mouths and limbs than you're used to. There are just a lot of creatures that, space is big, you just haven't encountered many of these beings before a lot of strange uh, people that are coming to this diner and your ship just slowly lands having a beautiful natural 20 landing that I rolled myself <gasps> oh, that's one Reese <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and we all get to do the jelly move like, <laughs> freestanding landing it's like <laughs> surfing in space <laughs> but- that was a little smoother than I expected because that idea was probably really great for all of us being still a little bit drunk and not having the pilot. Mm. Yeah. Really, really cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> With our pilot passed out on the toilet, yeah. all of us a little... <laughs> all of us <laughs> just standing in the middle of the uh, of the. Hey, uh, let's auto-land and just... just not buckle or sit. <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> just doing the surf move, going... That's fine. I mean, you, you, yeah, you, you land and then you disable the ship's gravity field anyway. So you kind of, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got a certain, uh, right, certain level of stickiness. It's just like riding an elevator and waiting for that part where you can jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. We're good. So the the door to the ship opens and the ramp lowers, letting you go on outside. Elvin's going to uh, loosen all four blasters in their holsters, just, you know, just to pull them out, spin them around, get them back in, just make sure everything's uh, working right. I, I clear, and then try and do the same thing, like slash out my blades and then kind of move my arms in a way that I think looks cool. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm also ready. I've got my clown horn tucked back into my armor. <laughs> I'm good to go. No words. <laughs> Stepping out, you're you're all really prepared. You're just like walking down really cool off the ramp of your ship, looking around, just warily staring at each of the individuals in this place. And most of them, they give you a, a mild glance of like interest or curiosity, but go back to doing whatever it is they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they just nobody seems super interested in you as you're you're stepping off. What? We're not the weirdos this time around. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't even know how to not be the weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you landed at the diner where all the weirdos go. Great. I am in love with the idea that you brought Griselda here. 
Yeah, uh, and and made it Griselda's grub hut. I have, I've been really pining for Raloran today, and um, and oh, oh, I'm so happy that you you put Griselda in. You'll just have to see what else we got. <gasps> no, no, yes. <laughs> Stepping into this diner, you are met immediately with the smell of grease and salt. There's a very large woman behind the counter, and one of her two heads turns towards you, wearing this sort of like makeshift uh, crown with like the, all these forks sticking up around. And she just says, "Take a seat. I'll get with you in a minute." And the other head's looking, and it's like, "Quiet!" And like it, she's flipping a, a number of like different food items around her. There, there are strange purple burgers that she has going on. You see what? Might be fries or might be insects. You're not sure that she has going in another deep fryer near here, but everything smells good. A lot of the patrons in this bar as well, you see, like, once more, there's a lot of strange individuals. You see that there is one being where there's just one large eye, and there's, like, six other small eyes rotating around it like it's a planet. You see that there's uh, some individuals who are, they look like they're synths, but have been trying to replace parts of their body with organic matter. And so they have, like, almost this this very cyborg-esque look to them. Reverse cyborg. There are a lot of really just, like, strange individuals in this place that, like, every so often, like, some of them will look over, maybe, like, two of the eyes of the rotating eyes will look at you. But one that catches your eye very quickly is this hulking, eight-foot-tall individual trying to sit in a booth that does not fit in this booth very well. They have multiple arms that are just like cupped around this small coffee and their greenish gray skin is uh, its standing out a little bit against this brown booth. And you see their eight eyes turn towards you. One of their four clawed hands lifts up and it, it just waves at all of you. There's <laughs> our man. Oh my God. The replicant is at a diner. <laughs> How crazy is that, though? Last time we met, the replicant was just like so like intense and mm-hmm. suspenseful, and now it's like, now you're just meeting in a diner. That's fine. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. I actually made the replicant based off of an old Yu-Gi-Oh card I saw like three weeks before we did that first replicant one. I found it when mm. I was cleaning up, and then I found it again, <laughs> which is why I, mas- I messaged Dan saying, hey, we have to do another replicant one. <laughs> <laughs> I based it after this this wall shadow creature. That's great. It's very good. Did it have wings? Did I imagine that? No, it just had like four four large arms, then it had like multiple legs and stuff. Like it but it could also like change its body. It, like metamorphosis was very easy to this creature, so it could very well create wings, another head. It created another body out of like a flesh wall, so its manipulation of its form is very simple. It looks up at all of you as you, you come near the table. Ah, bastards, you've arrived. Yes, well, we, uh, we got your call, completely sound of mind, and we decided, hey, we'll come right away, and, uh, and we have. And we also brought Nelly, because, uh, Nelly was, um, in our bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Cleo's gonna put the clown horn down on the table and be like, we would never miss that call. You see it slowly slid out of uh, these these like tattered robes that it's wearing. It places down uh, one that looks it looks very well kept. And uh, nods to you. I 
apologize if my message might have been slightly disturbing. I had never used a computer before. Well, you spent a lot of money on that advert. Wow. Very impressive. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was just trying to send it through one of the one of the channels, and I think I got things mixed up. Yes, you got a bit caught in the project. Yes. You know, tunnel vision. Yes. <laughs> you know, you just stick to the goal. Get it done. Perfect. Make it. Ah, brilliant. I loved it. It was great. Why don't we cut to the chase, friend? You clearly got something on your mind. Yes. I have brought you here to help me on a very dangerous mission. I understand you often partake in these as our last encounter. This one, though, I have particular need of a being from Atola Medusa. They takes out this this uh, device, and it, it's like it looks like a crown of sorts, almost like one of those very old-fashioned ones with like the the red like felt on the top and, and gold and silver mm. on it. But you can see that pieces of it are very like they're glittering and when as you take a little bit closer to the metal the metal is actually like this almost metallicized coral that's been made and dr z you've never actually seen one of these you've heard about them but you know mm. that these are used by the elites of atula medusa to actually manipulate and activate a lot of technology from your homeworld I've got one of them bloody pathetic crowns that those fancy lads all wear on the... Well, yes. Oh, grumble, grumble. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is I cannot use it. Yes, well, we have to be one of them, um, you know... What would we call those jellies? The uh, elite jellies? All I can think of is elite jelly, but... Uh... You, could, you could say, like, noble birth or, like, nobility or something... Yeah, like a noble birth jelly, like uh Oh my god, Dr. Z having to admit that he isn't, though? One of those soft bodies or something? Which is ironic because all jellies are soft. I'm not Baron Debauch anymore. I'm a... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I'd be... I mean, I'm, I, I'm well aware of being out, you know, like uh, doing cash jobs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, like, Dr. Z is like a real black sheep of the family as well, isn't he? Because he, like, goes out, like, yeah, out of the true, water and just, like, true. rocks around in a robot body, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This would be, like, completely unacceptable. Living among humans and stuff. He's yeah. like a like so, some weirdo who's left home. Yeah, so I'm trying to, like, think of how I would word that. I'm, I'm looking at this crown, knowing that it's from the noble and the elite, and I kind of have some disdain for it, like, meh. Mm-hmm. Those pathetic bloody creatures having to rely on this technology to get what they want. Just do it. <laughs> My new brand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand that you may not favor this technology, but unfortunately the facility, the biolife facility that I need to infiltrate, is using this to protect something that is important. Something I need to bring my people back. Right. I'm willing to offer you 10,000 credits and even something after this mission is completed. I understand that during this mission, though, you may die. It is dangerous. Sorry. Not a great sales pitch there. Uh, I don't know. 
The big guy's talking my language. Right. If Nelly's in, I'm in. I'm totally in Nelly. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> but I'm taking that last credit when we split it. <laughs> three, 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 four. Right, well, that's, that does make an even equation. And uh, you totally deserve it, Nelly. You are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> the planet is heavily protected here in Wraith Space it has a lot of automated security we will need to use a friend of mine to get in the Grey Dragon will be safe here I have a few acquaintances who can look after it I have a friend uh, Veskinoth that can take us there just looking, uh, looking left to right at uh, Doctor Z and uh, and Cleo, thinking that they are uh, they they don't look concerned because uh, I, I don't need you know I don't need any uh, wussies on the mission with me. It's like one of those old school movies where the camera like looks at the person, then moves mm-hmm. to the left, and then looks <laughs> at the other person, then moves to the left, and they turn around and look. Yeah, I'll turn around and look at uh, Cleo then. Well, I'm gonna collect my clown horn from the table and honk it. I've been in since the first one. <laughs> Way to ruin the moment, day. It's just, it's just so intense. Well, the best part is the replicant doesn't understand all the societal norms, so he lifts it up. And the replicant honks his thinking, this is what you do. <laughs> it is. This is what you do. It is what you do. <laughs> Love that. Have any of you ridden in a Veskinoff before? I thought you said Veskinov was your friend. Yes. They do not have names. Oh. I'm going to say no. This is sounding ominous. I'd like to. I think it would be easier to show you. And the Revelkant awkwardly tries to stand up around this table, but it keeps knocking things. Like, they have one hand trying to hold the coffee down. They have one hand trying to hold, like, a... Uh, an empty plate as they're trying to like shuffle around this booth oh. and they stand up to their full majesty. Relatable. And this this long cloak billows down and you see like the small spines and now there's like new sigils that have been tattooed into the skin of the replicant that give off this soft glow as they march towards the doors of the diner. <sighs> as you step outside with the replicant, you hear this low it's maybe a whistle or a call that you can hear from the replicant as you're you're sort of walking out into the more or less parking lot of this asteroid and you hear this low reverberating call answering back As you watch, you see as floating around from the other side of this asteroid is a creature. A creature about the same size as the Grey Dragon. This massive being has almost a brain-shaped body with a large, sharp beak sticking out of it. Thick layers of black carapace cover its body. Massive tendrils hang down from it. These tendrils have tiny tentacles that are sticking off each of them, and at the very end of the tendrils, it ends in these large talons. The replicant reaches out this clawed hand 
and you see as one of the tendrils with their talons reaches out and the, they touch each other and you see that they enters this very peaceful looking state as uh, the eyes are closed and turns back to all of you. This is my old friend. They are the Veskanov. Wow. <laughs> you mean to tell me that this thing can safely navigate space with us inside? Yes, they some of the first to navigate before the empire stretched out across the stars they were the ones who would travel from planet to planet they would ferry people from world to world inside of them is an area where they hold their young to keep them safe it's perfectly fine for us to sit inside unfortunately when the Empire started their space crusade, these creatures came to the Terran's planet, and they found that, instead of befriending these creatures, they could harvest from them, creating the first cores of the old Empire ships. There are few Veskanoth left. Well, I can see why. Sound valuable. Eyeing up the beastie. Is there any in-flight entertainment? <laughs> Are we supposed to just sit inside this creature and just, what, talk to each other? Yes. Right, well, I'll... I might perfect time to have a nap then. <laughs> you don't want to plot! You don't want... Wait! Wait! Z! Yes. Yes, Z! Clear. Yes, clear. Z! Clear, yes. Z! Doctor Z! Doctor Z! Are we whispering now, Cleo? Yes, Cleo. Yeah, yeah, you don't... You don't want to... You don't want to play, play the game? No, right, we'll play the game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping's for losers. Let's play the game. <laughs> ain't that, ain't that what you say, Nelly? Ain't that Nelly's gonna play the game because Nelly, of Nelly, game, Nelly, yes. Nelly, yeah. Nelly, 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 Nelly. Nelvin spends like quite a long time just sort of standing there, like frowning at the two of them. <laughs> Not answering. I sleep when I'm dead, right, Nelly? Right, yes, Nelly. that is a classic Nelly. Nelly line. Nelly. Nelly. Yeah, yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's yeah. Right. I'll load up a three-player game. But you'll play the game while you're alive. <laughs> and we're alive right now, tonight. Come on, guys. Just one dice. <laughs> we're just rolling. I got six. Until you, you roll, see how many times you have to roll until you get a 20. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> hey, we play that game now. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm into playing this game. The replicant stares confused at the three of you before reaching up a hand and grasping on to one of the tendrils. Do you need anything from your ship? The traveling should only take Maybe a day's time. The Veskinoth can move through space quite easily. Well, I didn't bring anything else with me on that ship, so I'm good to go. I'll flash my blades and, uh... Oh, honey boy's got everything I need. <laughs> Looking knowingly at Cleo under the, the, the assumption <laughs> that she's forgotten she something. She needs everything from the ship. <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm sitting here thinking, pillow, like... I need my bag. And <laughs> she needs food. She needs bombs. Y'all go on ahead. I'll 
I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta get a few things. <laughs> don't don't worry about me. Y'all right. Don't don't play. Don't start the game. First carrying up Dr. Z and Nelvin as Cleo rushes into the Grey Dragon to gather as many supplies as possible. You two are gently carried up. These talons kind of almost like uh, gently going around you to lift you up. At first it's a little difficult to get Dr. Z, but it uh, the Veskanoth manages eventually. And lifting you slowly into the air, you find yourselves looking at the plated underbelly of this beast and you see the carapace moves, revealing these fleshy portals leading inside this beast. This wave of hot air moves towards you, and you are lifted inside the creature, and you find there is a a substantial amount of room in here. You look around and see that the walls and floor have uh, this pulse to them, this heartbeat. You can see the veins and arteries are are inside this creature, that you can see them through the walls, the fluids moving throughout it. You see that there is actually an area near where the beak is of the creature. There's a thin membrane that is stretched out, and this must be how the young can actually see the outside, what's happening. And you can see what the Veskanoth can see. You can see quite a bit in space. Like, everything looks very clear. You're looking outside. But the thing that catches your eyes, you see glittering lines of energy. You see one traveling around the asteroid that must be making up this gravitational field. You see one that is around the Grey Dragon, uh, where it has its own energy going around and all the different ships. And you can actually see out in the distance, those distant stars shine much brighter, as this creature must be able to see very, very far through space in order to help it navigating the dark depths. Wow. Pretty nifty. That's very cool. And the the replicant comes up quite uh, quickly after all of you, or after the two of you. Yes, the young often stay inside when they travel through space just to protect them from dangers. Yes, but uh, still quite boring though, isn't it? Anyways, I'll load up the game. <laughs> <laughs> Cleo, you you come back hauling a, an additional bag with you of all your stuff that you need. You need this stuff for the trip. I needed it. I needed it. <laughs> I really did. A rubber ducky falls out, and you like pick it back up and put it back in. Like it's, all of this is necessary. <laughs> oh, can't can't leave that. Can't leave that. Oh my! I almost lost Gerald. I almost lost Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Not again, not again. I'll never uh, leave you behind, Gerald. I love you. <laughs> oh, if Dr. Z could, if he could see me dropping Gerald in that, and he, he told me, he told me before, he told me not to do, to watch him, to watch him better, but, you know, I just can't, and Gerald I'm not does responsible what he enough. He do. <laughs> Will it be what it is? It is what it be. It be how it, how it are. And I just can't be responsible for anything else. I can't be responsible for myself. You gotta move out, Gerald. You gotta get your own way. Be free. I don't want you anymore. (laughs) Gerald, I can't. You can't depend on me like this. I'm. I'm just. I gotta carry you up front. You can't be. You can't be trusted on your own. Heard that before. This long, long, stressed monologue happens as you're dragging your bag. You make it, the creature has to use an additional talon to lift up your bag. But the the two of you see as Cleo is brought inside the creature. Cleo, you, it's a little snug getting through at first, but you're okay. You get up there and it's, 
desperately clutching onto all my crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it's nice and warm in here, and uh, it's it's good. It's it smells a little bit like raw meat, but you're oh you're trying your best not to eat the Veskinov. Okay, for now. <laughs> I mean, yes. Is it is it as armored on the inside as it is on the outside? <laughs> not at all. No, it's it's a very vulnerable on the inside. You feel this lurch as the creature starts moving, and the replicant sits down cross-legged, crossing all four of its legs. Yes, the, the planet we're going to, I believe, when I was using the computer, I got the name is, let's see here, E-4-7-M-0-R-3. It is colloquially known as Planet eat more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do we know anything of eat more? I'm not familiar with these parts. Well, it once was owned by a wraith monarch, a very wealthy one, but as the war passed on, they had spent much of their resources trying to fight this war, and running out of money, they chose to sell their planet to biolife and use those funds to move further into Wraith space. Now the planet is consumed by the factories. I do not know what this planet will look like, though I know what it once did. The replicant waves a hand and you see this like vision almost, not not a vision, this like illusion that this like energy that's moving around in wisps. You watch as this beautiful scene is filled. There's these large, strange purple trees that are lifting high into the air. Uh, very lush fields. You see animals are everywhere. There, there's large oxen-like creatures with six legs that are just charging through as they're being chased by these strange, almost arachnid-like people uh, that are trying to hunt them down. These vast mountains in the distance. It looks very very rich with natural resources. They wave a hand once more, and the the vision goes away. That's what the planet used to look like. I do not know what it was like after the wraiths moved in, or after BioLife took it over. Right, but what we do know is that you are perfect in-flight entertainment. So uh, just keep doing that, and uh, we'll be there in no time. <laughs> <laughs> I have thousands of memories of what space was like. Let me show you more. Thank you, yes. The replicant starts moving their hands, and uh, there's more of these images, and the replicant is showing you uh, images of the, the distant planets that used to be, and the, the people that used to walk amongst it. They show you their home, that the the way their architecture was set up. It was very, it looked almost like anthills or termite mounds, I should say. Uh, very like constructed high into the sky, a lot of strange technology. A lot of their technology was like infused into people. It wasn't so much like how you have wearable technology or technology that you access, like going into a car. Their technology was very much inside a person that would allow them to do things. And you see just that they're, they're showing you that how the, they would go by and check out all the, the planets that would have people on them before they would have space travel. And uh, like they showed you what Terran was like. 
uh, a lot of the their home planets before they decided to rush off into space. And it, it adds up about what it was. They're destroying their own planet, trying to kill each other. Mm. And so you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They show you the, the rise of uh, some of the first synthetics uh, and how they... They were shown to be like they were very servitude, like they would serve the Terrans or serve other species. Other species had their own versions of synthetics before they started gaining sentience. They showed you what it was like in the Wraith times before they started venturing out and colonizing other planets. Just like all these different pieces of information that are lost to history, that are lost due to the war, because everybody pushes propaganda so hard that it often erases what they had beforehand, creating a new world. You're you're so lost in all these things and rolling your single die to see how many times you can get the 20 <laughs> that yes. before you know it, you look through the thin membrane on the front and you see that you're at your destination, planet E47M0R3. You see this beautiful green-blue orb it has a shattered moon that's circling around it. Nice. You see all throughout this space, there's a number of automated stations are set up. You see like these old large freighters are pulling through them and coming like to the planet and out. And they stop at these stations to get scanned for their cargo and just then keep on moving on. But you watch as the Veskanoth is going through, these stations don't seem to pick it up at all. And so the Veskanoth just sails through peacefully. So this is probably what the Replicant was worried about with the Grey Dragon. Right. Safe way to travel. Yes, makes sense. Gotta get one of these. Also, Cleo, your turn to roll. Come oh, on. Oh, 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 it's my... Finally! Finally! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Cleo can't really hold it. <laughs> Both hands. It's <laughs> just gonna, like, try very hard to to move the dice <laughs> somehow. Sometimes you're just blowing it. <laughs> yeah, it goes onto the floor. It rolls under something. It rolls into like this this fold of flesh. And then you <laughs> see as the die like goes behind the flesh wall and it's floating up into these fluids. Right, well, uh, you might want to... Um... It's their turn. Yes, their, yes. It's, it's their turn now. Let us know what you roll. 20 wins. Anything else is... Um... Well, a good, pass. good trap. Yeah, good, good trap. <laughs> I don't know what kind of security they will have on this planet, but I believe we should all get ready. This could be very dangerous. Don't worry, I've worked on the perfect montage. I stand up. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Little star ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I was born ready, Dr. Z. So cool. Cleo, did you see that? Did you see how he did that? I seen it. I seen it. Oh, I recorded oh. it for later, Cleo. We'll add it to our collection. We'll watch it later. I mean, I With didn't the... say anything, Nelly. You're cool. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> good game. Good, good game. I love how you won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. Cleo just shuffles her massive bag. I guess I'm good. The replicant holds a hand onto the wall, and you watch as these, like, almost handles of flesh come out of the walls for you to grip. Do not worry. This will not harm the Veskanoth, but 
You'll need to hold on to this in case evasive maneuvers take place. The walls and floor are all very soft. You should be okay. I'm I'm fine right where I am. Surf mode. No 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 no. Okay. Uh, I I am going to take a handle. Uh... So passing through the bluish green clouds, you are coming into this world, and you see the world below. You see, this must have been that absolutely beautiful world that the replicant was showing you at some point. The lush forests, great rivers and lakes, the wildlife that would dominate the skies and landscape. Now, you look upon this devastated land and you see destruction that has been wrought by biolife, capitalism, and mass production. The lakes are filled with this strange brown liquid that bubbles and it spews the light bluish green gas that must make up the clouds of this planet now. The earth is barren, and the old, odd, withered purple tree is trying to reach up towards the sun, just hoping for a few rays of sunlight. You see all over are the skeletal remains of all of the denizens of this planet. They've just been left. Uh, Like, these things must have been killed years upon years ago, and they're just left to rot. As you watch, as, like, you see a number of vehicles are riding around in the landscape going between these massive metal factories. They're all set up everywhere. You can see gigantic biolife holographic signs everywhere you look. You see that there are a number of workers that are traveling into each of these factories, getting out of these vehicles. You see freighters are coming through the clouds that you saw before that were coming through the, the different automatic scanning stations that you saw before. You see uh, all this everywhere. Everywhere you're looking, you see uh, there are pastry factories. There's vegetable greenhouses, canning factories, all the stuff that BioLife normally just ships out to everywhere. So this is obviously one of their mass production planets that they have going on, where they get all these goods sent out to the rest of the universe. One building, though, stands out in particular. A domed building, it has a silver-blue sheen to it. The architecture doesn't match up with everything else. But to you, Dr. Z, this architecture is very recognizable. It's modified a bit to deal with living on land instead of something that would be in the water, but this is very clearly something from your home. All right, well, looks like the damn jellies made it out this far. I was hoping I wouldn't have to see any of them today, but, well, looks like I had to... Yes, yes, well... Are there more Z's? Oh, there's no more Z's. Well, actually, no, wait, correction, Cleo. There is one other Z, but uh, that, they're back on New Terra. So there ain't no more Z's. No more Z's. We ain't gonna see a Z today. No. The Z is on New Terra. You sure about that? Are we going to see more... You referring to me exactly, or people, things like me? Well, yes, perhaps. Cleo, look, there might be other jellies. <laughs> But, uh, look, they're, 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 uh, they're annoying, they're not like me, um, they're not, uh, brilliant mastermind creators, surgeons, and academics, they're, you know, they're... Cleo reaches into her suit to quickly see how many sauce packets she's got, she's gonna start counting them. <laughs> <laughs> or ready to make friends with all the other jellyfish. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I mean, I did. I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect. I mean, you know, you might. <laughs> your house might have curtains, but you know, you know, don't mean your truck do. So oh, yeah. Well, let's just wait and see until I meet 
other bears then, huh, Cleo? Huh? <laughs> Raise what I like jelly eyebrows at Cleo. Huh? <laughs> well, well, <laughs> uh, you you try it. I wouldn't recommend it. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's uh. Well. Whatever your flavor is. Yes. You suddenly hear a loud alarm start going off from the outside. And more alarms start picking up until it becomes a chorus of alarms making up just all the noise coming from the outside, drowning out all the sounds of the factories. As you see through this membrane, you watch a little automated ship zip on by, and you can hear... Unknown entity detected. Unknown entity detected. Fire at will. As these ships are all just sailing around, and you see it starts becoming this this swarm of uh, the, these small ships that are about maybe two feet in diameter. They're just firing away at the Veskanoth. The Veskanoth roars. And all of you suddenly just feel yourselves just fall to the side. I need everyone to make me dexterity checks. No. Oh, no. The first roll of the day. First roll. Well, I mean, not to jinx it, but uh, I've got a, I've got a, got a bonus in dexterity, so uh, I don't do it. Nah, you're just a flat twenty, and and Cleo is a negative five. <laughs> Girl, I know, and it it does hurt me. There's no way I can like uh, I've got no interface because I'm in an organic being, so I can't even try and put up some type of electronic defense against these blimey bastards. You could attempt to do so, but it would probably be very difficult because you normally you rely on the electronic interface to kind of get your your stuff out there. I don't I don't have an amplifier, and the honey boy ain't gonna. Because you normally get a plus five doing that, right? Because your your usage with tech. Yeah, because I hack into something, but uh, so, it's it's fine. I, yeah. I, if I'd I'd say if you. I mean, you, you could probably try and take control of it with your mind, but I don't see how that would help. Yeah, because no, they're electronics, aren't they? So. So you, you all are just uh, flailing around here. And what did each of you get? Right, roll seven. Seven, two. Got a nine. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a nine and Melvin, you got a 13. So you watch as the jelly and the bear uh, rolling <laughs> around, knocking into each other. Sometimes like the jelly goes around the bear and forms back up. And it, it is, it's kind of comedic if it wasn't so scary at the moment as you're holding on for dear life onto this strange flesh rail. And you see the replicant is holding on with these arms. This is going to be difficult. As you feel sudden a lurch, the creature is just going down at an accelerated rate. You're watching pieces of the carapace are being ripped off and holes are starting to form in this beast. As you watch now, you can see like the wind is whipping in here. The strange smells of these noxious gases are coming in and this beast is roaring out in pain as you're watching these different ships just race along firing at the creature. Don't suppose your friends got any weaponry. There is something we can do, though my friend knew this trip would be a one-way. <gasps> right, so I'll quick, um, I'm definitely going to need to use this opportunity to try and do a hack then. You can see now these ships outside, so you can try to hack into any of the ships if you wanted to as well. Yeah, I'm like falling, <laughs> I'm like, maybe my body is like stuck briefly to Cleo, so I've got a moment where I'm like, 
a little bit stable. Yeah. Uh, you know, my back is like, or what would be uh, Z's back is stuck onto Cleo's back, like when you write a note or something. And I'm mm. using that moment to uh, to quickly roll. Ah, bugger, it's a seven. Fuck. You try interfacing into one of these these uh, automated ships that are flying by, and what catches you off guard is you're like, okay, this is about the size. It must be like a drone that's being controlled. I can just get to where this is going. And then you try to interface with it, but there's something inside. There's something inside that's controlling this. It's it's small. And you watch as it just zips on by and like it almost like pushes you back. And you you can't reach out to these creatures. At whatever it is that's flying inside this small thing. Oh, these are gonna be fucking jellies. And you they are just firing away. And you get closer and closer, the creatures roaring out more, all of you are tumbling around. You now see more holes are opening up inside this beast. The replicant is holding uh, one of the hands onto the creature. You see this energy is flowing from the replicant's hand into the creature as tears are starting to stream down from its eight eyes. No. You feel just this sudden push as you're all ejected out of the beast. It's this like sense of freefall as suddenly you look up and your back is towards the building. You're, you're looking up. You're not too far off the ground, but during that time, you see the Veskinoth roars. You see all these holes, bits of it are falling down to the ground. These ships are swirling around it in this chaotic dance around this creature. You watch falling back towards the ground as it lets off one last beautiful note. And this lump forms in your throat and inside your jellies. As your your chest kind of tightens up, you feel the the mournful song that it sings out and it lets out this blast of energy. You watch as the Veskinoth comes crashing down towards the ground a little bit away from you and these machines just rain down around. You feel yourselves falling towards the ground as suddenly these, turning towards it, you see these fleshy hands reaching out, like forming out of each other, like one large hand and one large hand, and it keeps forming up until they get to all of you. And slowly you're just crashing through them, slowing your fall until you hit onto the ground of a large fleshy mass. Oh man, I feel so upset that I didn't do a good job. Cleo's just gonna lay there and just say, that's the best bomb I ever seen. And we also lost a dice. You see one of the the ships comes and it crashes maybe just a few feet away from you. And rolls down near Nelvin's feet. Um, I think like holding it in place with one, uh, one rather sort of healed boot. And just, yeah, shooting the thing, making sure it's uh, properly decommissioned. Yeah, you don't need to roll for this because it's literally just underneath your foot. So you're just... You fire away at it a few times. And you watch as bits of it blast away. And just falling out of it is 
what Dr. Z suspected, there is another one of his kind. Though there's something wrong with this one. It's gray. There are mutated parts sticking off of it. A lot of the electronical interface was really forced into it pretty brutally. Like, nothing would have done this to itself. And whatever had shoved it inside this machine and forced it to fly, it obviously wasn't, wasn't a willing subject. And you can hear this weak, telepathic giggle just reaching out to all of you going, <laughs> ah, it fell from the sky. <laughs> I'm free. Oh, shoot it again, Nelly. It's not bloody done. Say so, Doctor. Put another one sort of right between its thighs. Between its, uh... Like center mass, you know, just right in the middle bit there. Somewhere, somewhere in the middle of the jelly. Yeah. Yeah, it just splats out. And yet the voice goes silent. Did we all hear that? Yep. Okay. See, Cleo, I told you. Not nice. That wasn't a Z. No, that was not a Z. As I said, the only other Z we've met so far, apart from on Zagmoon, is the Z in New Terror. No other Zs. Too many Zs. That caterwauling. Was that, Cleo? That wasn't the Z. No, that was not a Z. That wasn't this Z. No. What are you saying, Cleo? That was another Z. You can't call everything that we see Z. The jellies. They're Z's. Jellies, well, um, no, well, they're jellies. They're not Z's. I'm Z. I understand this this conversation seems to hold some cultural significance, but I, I do fear that we have very little time. We are outside of the dome now. We should hurry. Dr. Z, I will need you to wear the crown of your people. Oh. <gasps> How much do I have to oh. wear? I just... Z, you know, you know you can wear a hat better than anybody here. Yes, but look at this hat, it's hideous. <laughs> this is a glorious <laughs> coral crown. <Yeah. laughs> this beautiful crown is worth so much money. <laughs> but the only person that can make it look good is you. Most disgusting hat I've ever seen. I'd rather go back to that, that's what you call it, an op shop, and uh, find one of those glorious hats there. Oh. <laughs> this thing, look at it. No character. Ain't nobody in the in the whole verse make it look as good as you. Yes, well. Once we leave the facility, you may destroy it if you wish. <laughs> Do I have to wear it right now? Yeah. You need it to open the door. Well, let's just, I'll put it on when we get to the door then. Wear it out. Wear it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll absorb it into my jelly body, so it's in the body with me. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put it on top of the uh, jelly body. Does that technically count? Uh, I'll, as long as Doctor Z has uh, like contact with it, like maybe puts a, a tentacle on it, I, I'd say you could, you could access the technology inside of it because it's very much made for yours. Definitely not touching it yet. I'm very hate disdaining this thing, but it's in the oh, body. Okay. Like, <laughs> Cleo's like, I want you to wear the hat. <laughs> <laughs> so like actively like all your tendrils sort of like whoop, that on the other side. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
There's the line. This side of the house is yours. This side of the house is mine. <laughs> don't, don't cross it. It's like, you know, like, you remember, like, in the 90s, like, you'd see, like, you know, like, old people with, like, their, their, their trousers pulled up, like, all the way up. Mm. You'd be like, oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. I imagine that's the sort of disdain that Z has for this. Oh, yeah, I really don't want to wear it. But, uh, yeah. You are all traveling to the front door of this place. And uh, you see, Dr. Z, this is clearly made from a lot of the same alloys and, and metals and stones from uh, one of your, or I guess from your home planet, because uh, originally your, your people had taken all the water and just left and kind of said, sorry, to everything else that was on the planet. So you yeah. recognize a lot of these similar minerals and alloys and stuff that, that are used in a lot of the, the creation of buildings from where you're from. You see it here. Though it, it, it's strange seeing it outside of water. It has a different look to it, because of course the sun gets filtered coming through water, and there's bioluminescence mm. that often you, you have placed around the area, but seeing this here now just with this hazy sunlight poking through is a... It, it's very surreal. Yeah. So we actually haven't in the uh, main campaign like described what um, a total Medusa is like. As, as you describe it there, the Atola Medusa planet uh, where the jellies come from. The jellies had grown sick of living on the planet and being earthbound, yeah. Collectively had just decided, uh, and they're very a collective group of, um, individ- mm. uh, group of things, decided to use their mind powers to just take all the water off the planet and then just move around space in a planet that's just water. Yeah. But in the process, had killed everything else on the planet because they took all the water. <laughs> um, so yeah, the that's the that's the, the planet. Yeah, that um, the Ton Medusa. I imagine that like one of their buildings, like it wouldn't wouldn't have like a top or a bottom either because it'd be floating in water. It very much, yeah. They'd be able to like go in and out of numerous ports in it, and that's why this this definitely looks very strange because it was made it was made with your architectural style but Mm. at the same time it it's made for like land creatures so there's like a door that's sealed and so it's very gaudy like it just it doesn't it looks like two people had an idea and they couldn't agree and they just both put their idea (laughs) (laughs) brilliant coming up to these front doors you see the door is made out of two sliding pieces of semi-opaque crystal bio-life private facility is ingrained in the crystal and there doesn't seem to be any keypads or anything else that, that would signal that you could open up this door. And the replicant turns towards you, Dr. Z, and said, This is the tech that I'm not able to make it through your buildings are difficult to break into, it would seem. Yes, well. Not for a master hacker, ain't that right, Doctor? Yeah, have we tried hacking? I mean, I could do that before putting that hideous thing on. We could just try. I don't believe it's a similar kind of technology, but you can try. What do you think, gang? Should I just put the head on or should I try and hack the door? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Z doesn't really want to... Because that hat is... I imagine like, if it's like if it's built by a taller Medusa, like you'd literally just interface it with your tendrils, yeah, mm. like um, telepathically, with the with the sort of the mind hack styles. 
Yeah, but I'd know that I need that hat to fucking get through. You probably would. <laughs> it does seem that way. You know what I'll do? Is I'll, like, make it appear like I'm not wearing the hat, but I'm going to, like, tuck a tentacle back <laughs> and just touch the hat <laughs> where I think no one's looking at me and then try and open the door so it looks like I'm doing it, but really I'm touching the uh, hat at the same time. That's very on brand. <laughs> so has Dr. Z ever used the this, like, level of technology that the nobility would have had, the, the higher-ups? No, no, no. I, um... But that could be, like, almost a character moment. That, that might explain, like, why he turned to, like, sort of hacking and, like, getting into all other, like, you know, like, things he's not supposed right. to because he came from a society where there were things that he literally couldn't touch. Mm. Yeah. It'd be sort of like a, you know, like a, like a sort of a weird kind of, like, you know, like he's got this angst about it, so it's come out in his... Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Adult life. <laughs> I've spent all my time trying to figure out how to use technology so that I can use it and that use technology that everyone can use. Because I'm like so angry at the uh, yeah. elite technology. So no, this would be the first time, and that's definitely why I'm trying to keep it secret and make it seem like I'm doing it on my own. I don't need this fucking stupid hat. It's not. A, it's not a birthday hat, and it's not a merchandise hat. It's nothing cool. This is a stupid crown. <laughs> so there's a a cultural practice, the Atula Medusa. They. There's something that they can do as they're they're telepathic beings. They lived in water. They often had difficulties storing information at first. It wasn't an easy thing. A lot of it was just passed along. But one of the things that it's an older practice of something that's done. It's kind of something that would have been taught to you, Dr. Z, but probably something that you never would have really had to either encounter or do. But they are able to ingrain information through a song that's placed in with telepathy and it's it's a way that like mm-hmm. you you can almost see then this song will create a an illusion that'll show you what had happened or what they're trying to keep a record of you touch onto this crown your disdain is having you barely barely touch it and as you do suddenly you see this this ripple that comes out from you the others can't see it, but you're seeing this this song that's playing from this building. And it's not one of pride or uh, conquest or anything that... Something you're used to. Uh, there's a, so much pride that comes along with it. But instead, you're feeling this song of sorrow. You're feeling this song of pain as they're creating this building. You can see these ripples of images uh, made out of like these soft, glowing little sparks of yellow energy of uh, your your people that are they're in these strange little pods, very makeshift. Nothing as as advanced as what you have, but very makeshift working uniforms. And there mm-hmm. are these beings that are just look like humanoid shapes that would come by every so often, electrocute them, or like beat them down. So while they're constructing this building. And then you see through this song, there is this connection to the door. You can see that you can just open it with your telepathic abilities. Yes, well. I'm trying to think of something witty to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you feel? Do you think that we we can't hear the song, but you can? Do you think that that would make you feel anything? Yeah, so up to like the uh, moment of 
seeing that there are people like uh, humans like stabbing them with electricity uh, to get them to do stuff, I was thinking like, I'm not going to fall for your silly sad song. Oh, woe is me. I'm doing the bloody collective's work again. I chose to be here. Get me in. And then uh, right at the end, I'll see the the last few images of people in the background stabbing them and think, well, I mean, that's also not nice, but... uh, A slow crack appears in Dr. Z's cold jelly heart. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Grinch. You feel the the connection to this door, and it's easy. You've never used this technology before, but it's all so intuitive. It's it's so ingrained in uh, all the, the things that you can just naturally do. You just reach out through it, and it's almost like you have an invisible hand that you just kind of push these doors open. And... The two of you watch as these these crystal doors slowly slide off to the sides. Well, that wasn't so hard now, was it? No, but do I need... Um, I mean, that was incredible, right? I did that... Uh... I've let go of the, uh, <laughs> the crown. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean, just classic hacking ability. <laughs> you see stepping inside here, this, it must be a lobby of some sorts. There are no lights on, which is strange. You look around, and uh, this lobby, it, it has a, near the end of it, there's a reception desk, and you see this older looking synthetic behind the desk. They're moving very shakily and like jerkily as they, they turn towards you. And you see, it's one of the very old models of synths where they tried to make them appear, like emulate the appearance of a Terran. So you see she turns towards you. Half of her face is this metallic skull, clearly missing the synthesized flesh that was used to put over this creature. And the other side has this human look to her. And you hear this synthetic voice call out to you. Greetings, and welcome to BioLife's first private facility. How can I help you? 